0: Friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big QA. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday right here on Faith FM. It is such a privilege to be able to share with you whether you're listening in your car or whether you're listening on the Faith FM app. Now, folks, look, if you don't have the Faith FM app, this is something Something that you really do uh, need to pick up. Um, Faith FM app, of course, uh, is available at your favourite app store. Just go to your app store and download it. Now, uh, when you're searching at your app store, look for Faith FM Australia. You want the Australian version. You don't want American voices, uh, which is what you'll get if you don't add the Australia to it. So, Faith FM Australia. Uh, and then, when you're out in your morning walk, uh, you can uh, you can plug your uh, your phone in and uh, you can listen to to the wonderful breakfast uh, program and uh, that is a fantastic program very early uh, in the morning and look I encourage you if you're uh, if you're up early uh put your uh, out walking uh put your headset on and uh listen to the uh, uh to the breakfast time uh, program you'll get a real blessing from uh, from that particular program uh now look this week we've been following the theme uh the bible religion and christian parenting Uh, On Monday, we looked at the question, Is Parenting Without Guilt? is it possible? Uh, now that's a huge, a huge question. Yesterday we asked how can I be an even better, how can I even better enjoy my children and my grandchildren uh, and I really appreciated what uh, uh, my good friend Eric uh, was able to share. Eric's a, a father of uh, a four, uh, four uh, grown children but he's also got uh, nine grandchildren and a wonderful man and a wonderful example as both a, a, a husband and a, a father Father and a, a grandfather. Uh, today, uh, we're coming to the uh, to the subject. How do I build resilience in my children? Now, that's a really big one. Uh, resilience is a topic that's come on uh, more and more uh, in just uh, just recent years. But we're going to talk about that issue because it's uh, so important uh, in uh, the world in which we're living, where people are getting continually knocked knocked down. Uh, now, today, our co-host is uh, Helen Gray. Now, Helen's the lay pastor for the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I want to say a really big welcome back to Helen because we haven't seen you for a while.
1: Well, Gary, I was here last week for one... Session with Of Nick. course, but I
0: just wasn't but sitting no, in this chair. I
1: realise that, so yeah. it is good to come back and have you as a host. Thank you.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and you can uh, see
1: I'm smiling. I'm so glad to be back. How
0: long's it been since uh, since we've had you had you here? I mean, about apart August, from us, I
1: think. About August. Yeah, it was when I had my accident. Yeah.
0: Wow. No, it really is yeah. good to have you have you back again. It's good to uh, be here, and uh, mm. uh, really appreciate that. You know, the insight that you do actually mm. bring. You have a wonderful insight, Thank and you, I know many people really appreciate your preaching and your teaching. Thank you. Uh, ministry at uh, at really and, and folks look can i just encourage you if you really want someone who is able to expound the word in a, in a very common sense down to earth way you know contact helen because uh, she'd love uh, to be able to come and uh, uh, she's looking at me glaring at me uh, at right now Barry,
1: what you're saying is quite correct i love to share The gospel with people.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's something the good Lord has given me the ability to study and to, uh, through the Holy Spirit, have an insight into it. However... My health journey's not over yet, Gary. Mm. So somebody rang me the other day and said, would I take on? And I'd love to just jump right in. You might hear it by my voice. Yeah. Um, so I'm just saying, just I'm happy for people to not just contact, yet. but I'm taking it on board as of January next year. I've got to meet with the Royal Adelaide Hospital Surgeons on yeah. the 1st of December. And then we take it from there. But I'm under God's control and I'm loving every day. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But no. what you say is right. I'm, I'm happy. Get in touch. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, but tell me, what have you been up to in the, you know, the, the, last, uh, the last few months?
1: Well, to start with the first couple of weeks, I was barely able to move at all. Yeah. Um, I damaged the tissues right down my back. And they also, of course, discovered there's... <clears throat> my family laugh when I say I have a problem with my head. And they said we could have <laughs> told them that. But I say, look, they found a brain,
2: yeah.
1: which was great. But, of yeah. course, they also found other things, an aneurysm and some other things. So I've been taking a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, most of my job is not so much traveling around as much, although I'm back on the preaching scene now. I am mm. um, at Worcester last week and uh, prospect the week before. That was really the start of me right back. But a lot of counselling over the phone, uh, a lot of encouraging people, prayer with people and, um, yes, yeah, spending time with the Lord, which, of course, I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that sort of thing. Wonderful. My friend Jeanette has been very good if I've had to go to a meeting or anything. She... Drives the car and I drive her baddie, so we make a good team. Yeah,
0: Jeanette has a very special <laughs> ministry, and I, she you know, I, I really do want to acknowledge, uh, Jeanette. You know, for the Thank for you, the Jeanette. work, just being able to transport you you around uh, every uh, everywhere, and it's wonderful to have Jeanette with us in the studio here as well. Amen. Um, yeah. Look, um, um, look, let's come to our World Watcher uh, segment now. Look, I've got uh, uh, an article here uh, uh, that I, I actually pulled out of a, a magazine that I do appreciate uh, looking at. It's actually First Things magazine. Now First Things magazine is has uh, uh, been put across as being America's most uh, influential journal of religion and public life and every time I read their material uh, it really starts to uh, challenge me uh, in so many different areas. Now this particular article has only uh, just come out uh, in fact I think it's in the most recent edition. Uh, it's entitled uh, Generation Against Generation and uh, of course, in this world, we've actually got so many uh, international conflicts. Uh, is there another one brewing? Well, uh, this uh, this article makes some some very significant points. This is what it says: A war is slowly brewing. It pits parents against children, and children against parents. Uh, long-standing social and economic trends are creating tensions between generations. Uh, these trends, which show no sign of abating, have largely escaped the attention of the public and are rarely discussed outside of specialist circles. Yet once seen, they cannot be unseen, and they have a distinct air of inevitability about them. Until now debates about the implications of things like falling birth rates have not become part of the broader conversation but in a book that's recently been released The Great Demographic Reversal uh, the uh, the author uh, digs into this particular subject he considers the economic implications of a rapidly aging population and it predicts the book predicts severe problems and then it uses this little uh, little, little Imagine a place populated by a 100 people. Let's call it Bread Island. Each person requires a loaf of bread per day to survive. Income is evenly distributed to ensure an equitable distribution of the bread. Initially, 50 of the people in the economy are of working age, while the other 50 are either children or retirees. Economists call it dependence. Uh, in this economy, workers need to produce 100 loaves of bread. Uh, with 50 workers, this means that two loaves will be required of each worker. But, over, but as the population ages, 25 of the workers become dependents. The situation now becomes desperate. Each worker uh, is required to produce uh, not two, but four loaves of bread. Uh, ever more pressure falls on the remaining workers to produce the goods needed to supply the growing population of dependents. And it starts to talk about some of the uh, effects of this. And one of the effects, of course, is higher prices for the goods and the services because uh, more, more is having to be produced by, by fewer people. Uh, people tend to accumulate savings. This is another uh, issue that, uh, that, that starts to weigh on this. People tend to accumulate savings as they age. Typically, uh, people in their twenties spend what they earn. People in their working years, say between 30 and 60, uh, save some of their income while people in retirement from 60 and up draw down their savings. In other words, older people have accumulated the most capital and own uh, most, of the, uh, most of the savings. And then the uh, article starts to, starts to bring all of this together. We seem to be headed for a future in which overworked young people may see nominal wage increases – but asset markets uh, will inflate more rapidly than their incomes and the rise in the prices of goods are going to outstrip their wage gains. How can, and then it asks this particular question, how can such a situation not generate resentment? The old are pitted against the young those who are older do not conscientiously uh, uh, do not consciously choose to work against the interests of the rising generation the economics of the situation makes that choice for them when the young see themselves pitted against the old resentment grows and that leads to cultural Upheaval. Now, Helen, as I sort of uh, read uh, read that, I sort of thought, "Hey, you know, this is this is yet another area that certainly our world is going to be increasingly challenged about in uh, uh, in coming coming years." Now, what does this say to you about? I mean, for example, the family unit. I mean, what do you take away from this type of article?
1: Well, it's true. It is true. There is generation against generation. It ought mm-hmm. not to be, but it is. I think there is, I think part of the reason, yes, is the economic side. And you're quite right when you said the younger people, they just go and spend. Um, and some of them do that because they don't see a future, Gary, yeah. which is really yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, and the older generation tend to save. And there was a time the older generation would save so that their children, would be looked after, yeah. But now we've got another lot of people that are are, are actually known as sick, S Y C H, mm-hmm. spending your children's inheritance. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they're in the group with the first lot,
3: yeah.
1: You know, and and then you've got the next lot coming up. Where do they go? What do they do?
3: Yeah. You yeah.
1: know, and and it's it's the society we live in. I really believe that there is no respect now. Or very little respect between the generations, that causes a cultural problem as well.
0: Okay, now, now you know. that I think is, is really significant, actually, because this issue of respect between generations is so is so important. You know, you know, to to me, Helen, I, I'm just so in con I'm so conscious that so much in our certainly the Western society is based around. Uh, the individual you know it seems Mm. that you know the value of family has been depreciated and the value of the individual has been pushed up to a level that it actually never had before
1: Mm. but you've got you've got groups against other groups you've got women and men fighting yes for equality you know you've got um You've got religions that are fighting It's This gap is right the way through yeah. And I think that's sad Because you know The elderly can actually teach the young yeah. wisdom And from their experience And the young at the same time Can teach the elderly many mm. things But none, no one is prepared to sit down and Close that gap,
3: yeah, and
1: of course, technology has caused a gap as well,
3: yeah, as, yeah.
1: as you're well aware yeah. of, and the communication is lacking. I think the other reason we've got this, though, Gary, is that people have got away from Bible, um, it's not commands, it's well, in some ways, it is. I, I just, you know, the biblical
0: worldview in many yes, ways. So, yes, what, yes. how could the biblical worldview inform this, this type of issue?
1: Well. I think they've forgotten the biblical worldview. I think the worldview is such, like you said, an individual. Yeah. It's yeah. not on a family unit anymore. And tell me, is there really many family units
0: left? And, and, and that's actually a very, very good question. It's, and you it's
1: know, a problem. I, I
0: suppose I'm conscious that even, you know, when, uh, when, when we look at, uh, you know, look at our world, I mean, if, if you think of something as simple as, you know, superannuation, you know, you keep getting all the, you know, a huge number of numbers being quoted at you, but they're always quoted at you in the context of uh, the individual. Yes. Um, whereas uh, certainly uh, those who are have got a uh, who have, who are still part of a traditional family uh, actually function as families yes. which means that the that uh, they actually have the benefit of superannuation or finance from maybe two or three uh different uh, different individuals right. um because if if children come into the picture uh you know, they also are actually able to uh, to be involved there uh, but you know the uh, this this issue i think uh, is something that is incredibly uh Important that we understand that, you know, in the world in which we're living, I think the, the scriptures actually say something to us mm. um, about a preferable way of living. You weren't intended to function as an individual. No
1: man is an island.
0: No man is an island. You were mm-hmm. intended to have a support structure around you. You were intended to have a, a a partner, you were intended to have family that could actually support and help you. You would support as a, as a senior would support the younger. Mm-hmm. The younger would support the older.
1: It's not happening.
0: The there. wisdom would be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finance would become available, you know. Yes. And, you know, as, as I look at this, I sort of say, Hey, you know, is there, what's the problem with this biblical worldview? I mean, this is something that surely would benefit all of society.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, but nowadays, Gary, you know by even just reading the headlines or seeing what's happening in our world, the family unit as we know it or as we knew it, showing our age here, yeah. was a close-knit group, yeah. you know, and even grandma and grandpa would be in there and, you know, and no one was left out of it. Yeah. That's yeah. not so these days, Gary, it's mm. not. I talk to people who are on their own. Mm. They have no one, Gary, mm. no one. And that is so, so sad, you know, and they don't know where to turn. I was reading in Ephesians today and it said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. But it also says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm. I believe that's lacking.
0: Yeah. yeah, I believe that's
1: lacking. And you've got generations now that uh, they don't respect other generations
0: and, and that goes both it's ways both actually ways, that goes Gary. both ways yes, because both ways. you know to, to me even the concept of spending my children 's inheritance has got major flaws oh, yes. in it uh, and uh, and certainly you know to me, I really appreciate the secrets of the ancient Israelite economy uh, where uh, the where um, parents weren 't able to spend the children 's inheritance mm-hmm. it was there's in perpetuity to the next generation. Uh there are some secrets in the Old Testament economy that I believe we could learn Absolutely. so much from today. But look, Absolutely. let's come to some music. Uh love uh, Michael W. Smith. This is uh the uh, song Ancient uh, Ancient Words. Love it. Uh please please enjoy uh this uh this song. was michael w smith and uh the uh the song was ancient words hey don't we need the ancient words today they are just so powerful uh for the uh, uh world in which we're, we're living right now now folks look we do have a giveaway Uh, book for you today. And now the book is Family First by Jim Holmberger. Now, look, this is a real beauty. Now, uh, Helen, now look, are you familiar with this book?
1: I am familiar with it, and I'm also familiar with the actual author and his family. He's written many books. Um, and it 's interesting i 've actually brought one along tonight too by his wife, which I want to promote a little later but that one 's not free, but the one that you're doing tonight is free and I think the interesting thing is they are talking from a lot of experience, yeah. this couple yeah. they actually moved out of the city and because they were concerned at what their children were into yeah. and it was the best move they ever did you know and and um, you know the modern technology that we have we use television. As as a babysitter, yeah, and and really, it's a no-no. The yeah. stuff that's on television, I very rarely see television now. But a couple of times, I might be in someone's home and they've got it on. And there's a particular ad on television I have seen twice in different people's place, and it just—I just, just want to shut it off and throw it mm-hmm. out the window. Mm-hmm. It's, and we're talking it's, the it's, ads now. That's the ads. Yeah. You can't yeah. even watch the ads. I know a lot of people get out and get food and that, but what are we feeding our children on? Yeah. Well, Jim Homburger and Sally, they actually made the move and they changed a lot of their life. And they really have put family, well, God is first in their life, but, you know, on this earth, family first. And they've got a lot of very good, very good helps in those books, I can thoroughly recommend it.
0: Uh, look, folks, this yeah. is a fantastic little. Book. I really appreciate yeah. that. And look, you've heard that from Helen. She certainly uh, read this book at right. uh, at length. Really has appreciated what is actually in it. Family First is the title of this book from Jin Humberger. And now, look, guys, if you would like your free copy of uh, Family First, uh, just text us here at the studio. The number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That number again is o four triple eight. Eight oh eight eleven. Uh, now, uh, the book's entitled Family First. But look, all you, uh, need to do is just send us a text with the code, SA for South Australia, 26, SA26. And, uh, you'll, uh, be, that, that will be picked up by our friend the bot, uh, our robot. Uh, now we call our robot faithful. He's an incredibly faithful. Don't have to feed him at all. Uh, and yet he continually responds to, uh, to people. Uh, he'll come back to you he'll ask you for the information that we need to be be able to get this uh book to you in the fastest uh, possible possible way. Uh, the book is family first. All you need to do is to text us just sa twenty six here at oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. And uh, I believe you'll really appreciate uh, this book. You've heard from Helen um, what uh, uh, what uh, some of the history behind uh, Jim and his uh, his family. Uh, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Helen Gray, and it is wonderful to have Helen <laughs> back uh, with us once again. Uh, Helen's the lay pastor for the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now this week we've been following the theme, the Bible, religion, and Christian parenting. Today we're asking, how do I build resilience in children. Now, this is something that I think that we all have wondered at at some time. I mean, how do you actually create children who, if they get knocked down, are able to jump back up again into the great ring of, of life? You know, in the Bible, we've got so many characters that uh, somehow Developed this attribute. I suppose myself, Alan. I sort of think of uh, Job. You know, I mean, Job was an amazing fellow. He was a businessman. Uh, he was a fellow that had uh, had a, a wonderful family. Uh, he had everything going from it, for him. He was respected uh, in his community. And then things started to go wrong. And it was as if punch after punch after punch came to to this man Job. You know, firstly he he lost his firstly his international trading facilities or his camels and then he loses his domestic uh, business uh, with his donkeys and then he uh, loses his, his houses and then his family until finally there's only himself and his wife still, uh, still left. You know, how does a person, when they're being knocked around by life to that sort of extent, how do they simply bounce back?
1: Exactly what Job did. It's how they bounce back. He was eventually attacked by the adversary and he ended up with boils all over him. I don't know if you've ever had a boil. My brother suffered from them and they're so painful. Yeah. And I think one boil is bad. Two is horrendous. Three can't even conceive it. And he was covered with boils. Yeah. But what the Bible tells us straight away was not that not that Joe Branton and raved. It says, and then he, he fell on his knees and worshipped God. Uh, that was his secret to resilience. That was his secret to his life with his family. He worshiped God. He he was one that had the fear of God in his life. I'm not mm. saying fear as in he was frightened of God. He held God in high respect. High
0: respect and reverence. And
1: I believe that was a key that Look, was a very big dig thing.
0: in more to this subject with oh. us Helen take us take us through what are the main the main issues with resilience because I'm conscious that today we're certainly living in a time when the resilience seems to me to be falling falling away in so many uh, different different I mean I can well remember when I was at school my uh, my parents you know I mean I, I, I I'm a fairly tall uh, person just a uh, little just a little when I was I'm short when I was in my my teens I was an Incredibly gangly uh fellow, and uh, as a result, I took a huge amount of uh flack from, from bullying, peop- they uh, bullying
1: they would call it now
0: bullying they would call it now when i was when I was at school you know because I was a very gangly uh type uh, type of person uh, do you know my I went home and complained to mum and dad and they and they said Sticks and stones will break your bones oh, but names will never hurt you. I got
1: that go, too. <laughs> go
0: go away and you know you know there was something that mum and dad were sort of they built in me as something that said, "Hey, what other people think about me really doesn't matter that much." You know, there seemed to be uh something there that built resilience certainly into my, my life. And like most, most people in life, uh, I, I've certainly discovered from my ministry, is that if you've been down life's road long enough, You will be knocked around. There is nobody that I know of that has been on this earth's uh, surface uh, more than, you know, 20 or 30 30 years that hasn't been knocked around. Do do, do I have that wrong?
1: No, you have it very right, Gary. The um, (coughs) question I want to ask you out of that, I'm swapping seats at the moment, is (coughs) that you said your parents taught you. You know, when did you first realize that it didn't matter, even though they said it? Because when you're in that bullying situation... It did they, matter.
0: It, it did matter. It did matter. It, exactly.
1: Exactly. So when when did that revelation actually hit home?
0: Probably, prob- and I do take your point, I, I, that was certainly some time later, yes. and quite a long while later, when I was out of the situation. But yeah. Mum and Dad had taught me... How to deal with that particular situation. At the time it was actually painful. Yeah. At the time I, w- I wish it hadn't, I hadn't been in that situation. And yet, um, mum and dad did teach me something that years later I could look back on and yes. say, Hey, you know, they said something that was actually incredibly powerful to yes. me.
1: Excellent. The fact is that they could have probably taken you somewhere else and said, "We'll go and live somewhere else," but you would still have had those problems. Yeah, yeah. I um, I too was, if I can add here, I too was bullied when I was a child, and I was bullied over my <clears throat> speech
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I talk like an Aussie now, don't I? G'day, Gary. <laughs> but I actually was born in Scotland, and when I came out, I was almost nine. And I was a wee lassie who was very shy. Don't laugh, Gary. Very, very shy. And uh, I had this lovely Scottish accent. Mm. And the teacher would come in and she would make me say a statement. She'd write it on the board. Mm. She'd get me to stand up in front of everybody. And I think I might have used this illustration once before. But she said things I had to get up and say. The snail fell in the peel. Like that. Uh-huh. And she turned to the class and said, that's how you should all speak. That's good Queen's English. Can you imagine what the kids, how they rattled on me at break time? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, as I said, I was shy. I spent my breaks hiding in corners. Uh-huh. And I used to go home every day crying and because it was painful.
0: Yeah and I think I think what you're saying there is so powerful because so many people can actually relate to what you yes. what you're actually saying. I mean, what a lot of people don't actually realize is that certainly earlier in my life again, uh, I actually had a problem with stuttering. Yes. Now, now, many people today wouldn't actually—I mean, you certainly wouldn't pick it up today. My brother um, was the same. But yeah. I actually had a problem with stutter. Now, you put that a stuttering issue together with a, a tall, tall, gangly, gangly <laughs> uh, a, a, a fellow, yeah. you sort of you sort of you know you sort of understand why yes. uh, you sort of came onto the uh, some of the hard uh, mm-hmm. lessons of life uh, very very quickly.
1: The difference is, Gary, we didn't know it as bullying. And when you said, you know, what your parents said, um, I grew up with a very big inferiority complex. I I just felt inadequate. Uh, I call it Moses Inadequacy inadequacy Syndrome, M-I-S. Um, But I I just felt like I was worthless. My upbringing didn't help with that either. But, you know, when I discovered, I discovered that it didn't really matter what people called me or what people think of me my whole world changed and that came about when I I finally knew that there was a father in heaven who wasn't like my earthly father Mm. but a perfect father who loved me unconditionally he calls me his daughter yeah, His child, yeah. that makes me a princess, Gary, and, and you're a prince,
0: and, and that—that's our worth. And and that to me is so so correct. What you're actually saying, <laughs> that, you know, in fact, that is so powerful because uh, you know I, I know in my own life, you know, if I I came to, uh, uh, to to accept Christ, probably when I was in my my early teens, but at that time I was coming from a, um, a well, I would have said a very dysfunctional uh, family myself. My mum and dad have passed away now, and you know there's. Been things there that have had to have been uh, been processed, but the thing that really uh, jumped out at me when I was uh, when I accepted Christ, and uh, it was Mum who actually started to take myself and my brother along to uh, along to church, and uh, somewhere in at church, I discovered uh, that passage in First John, which is very similar to the one that you've just uh, quoted, and it was this: "Beloved, now we're the sons of God." It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He does appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. You know, we are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. Amen. And you know, to me, when I, I realized that, and um, my pastor did come and study the uh, study the Bible with me, and uh, he is certainly able, and I'm, I was thankful to this day that I was actually part of a church who really uh, did care for their uh, for their young people. Yes, uh, and and that was an incredible an incredible blessing. But the thing that really stood out was that uh, to me i came to understand that hey uh, no matter what everybody else actually said in fact the scriptures mm. were saying that i was a, a son you know you, i love that passage that you just quoted mm. you know about mm. that comes from from peter you know that we are kings and priests and heirs yes. and ambassadors suddenly that actually gave me a status that said something to me said hey you are valuable yes, absolutely. Uh, in in the eyes of the Most High God, absolutely. You know, that, that has to be. That's worth a something.
1: revelation. Yeah, Gary. yeah. it yeah. truly is. Yeah. It's carried me yeah. through. Yeah. I had somebody jokingly say, to, and he was joking. He came up later and apologised, but he said it in front of friends. He said, "I didn't much like your sermon today." <laughs> and we are very good friends. And I kind of looked at him and I said, "That's fine." I actually wasn't here just to preach to you. I was preaching God's word. So you need to bring it up with my father. Mm. And he just looked at me. And later on, one of the ladies said, doesn't he like you? I said, well, yeah, he does. We get on really well. And yeah. when I told him the reaction of the people, he was horrified.
3: Yeah. And I said, yeah. but
1: that's what happens when you're joking.
0: Yeah. And I yeah. said,
1: you were joking, weren't you? He said, absolutely. But, you know, we've got to be careful how we speak to people.
0: And I think that this is, you know, to me, all that we're saying here, I don't think is <coughs> trying to say it doesn't matter. It
1: does matter, what I, It
0: does matter it the does way matter. I respond to somebody else.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you story after story of, of people's attitude towards others and how they've been affected by it. Yeah. Either in saving them or they've gone the opposite. Well, people have
0: actually walked you know, out of church, haven't they? You know, I mean, yes. even out of, out of, you know, they, they've gone along to, to worship and they've overheard someone. Saying something about them uh, that uh, yes. has just led them to, to walk far from Christ, you know. Yes, and uh, that's so sad. And I think this is why Paul actually talks about you know not letting a deceitful word actually come out of our mouths mm, because or you know words. idle words, you know, to, to be. To be able to lift people up, Do you know, one of the things I, I love to, uh, I, to, to me, I, I've actually got a, a sermon that I preach where I actually suggest, well, I actually say to the to the congregation that I believe the two most powerful spiritual gifts are the gifts of hospitality. And encouragement, mm. and uh, they, I believe, are more important than the gifts that we often give great uh, credence to. We often give a lot of a lot of credence to the to the preaching gift, and yet the preacher is important to the evangelist, you know, to the prophet, to the person, you know. These are the important, you know, to the administrator of the church. These are the important gifts. Uh, so often that uh, that's what comes across. But uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I've actually said to my congregation on numerous occasions I said guys look you know if you've got the spiritual gift of encouragement and hospitality you will build a church Mm -hmm. but you will not build a church on administration no you will not build a church just on straight teaching it's on the gifts of hospitality on the gifts of encouragement that you can build a church and uh, to me I'd just like to encourage those of you who say hey look you know maybe I don't have a big gift um, but rather you're good at encouraging uh, or you're good at hospitality, uh, to me, I believe you've got the primary gifts.
1: Mm, mm.
0: But anyway, look, I'm… Uh, uh,
1: we're, di- we're diverting. A bit we, we, are, we
0: are. We haven't even started the <laughs> subject yet, Helen. Oh, we haven't no. started the subject just yet. No, but
1: that's all right. That's okay. I'd like to ask you to say again what you believe resilience is.
0: Resilience. Uh, yes. resilience. You, I
1: think you said it well before. Yeah.
0: To, to me, resilience is the ability to be able to bounce back when I'm knocked down. And the reality is, Helen, is that I think that all of us are knocked down yes. at some point in our life. You can't avoid it, whether it's at work, yes. uh, whether it's uh, in the family. Uh, you will, if you've been down life's journey more than just a few years, um, you will have been knocked down mm. by somebody, and resilience is the ability to be able to bounce back.
1: Okay, so how do we help our children to learn to be resilient? I believe that's the question tonight. That, yes. that, 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 yes. that is the question,
0: but you're here to answer that question. That's not my question. You know, this is saw, your.
1: <laughs> you caught on onto what I was doing, Gary. I, I was just keen to see what your your um, <laughs> your thoughts would have been. But listen, the relationship with um, children and parents are really the foundation of resilience. Mm -hmm. That relationship. Children learn to be resilient in the context of supportive relationships Mm -hmm. and also with caring adults who treat them respectfully and compassionately. And, you know, they offer emotional support when they're struggling while at the same time they treat them as competent, capable people. Mm. Now, uh, sadly... Some of us have been guilty of realising that our children grow up, mm. you know, and I've heard many scream out and say, but I'm an adult now, mm. you know, and what have you. I've gone through all that. I'm not young anymore, young at heart, but I have, um, I have a son who was adopted and I have um, five stepchildren. Mm-hmm. I have 13 grandchildren and four great grandchildren. Wow. Now, sadly, the only one I've really had um, growing up was, was my boy. Mm-hmm. And I'd just like to say something that shocked me, and I mentioned it to you before we started because this was very real to me and it hit home. This was a lesson I learned, unfortunately, when he was an adult. He shared it with me. But if anybody out there have got littlies, um, maybe this might help them. And that was my son um, had left home and he got in the wrong crowd, but then he started his business and he was getting on top of it. Unfortunately, he had a partner who ran off with the money, so none of the bills were paid. And he said to me, he said, Mum, you never taught me what to do when I fail. And I was shocked, Gary, because I thought, how many parents actually really sit down and intentionally teach their children what to do if they fail? Mm. But over the years, I've really thought long and hard about that. And I thought, it's not really saying, well, you're going to fail and you're going to do this, because we do encourage our children. But it's a case of if they fall, you're there to support them and you're there to say, you mightn't have done it yet. Very important word, that. You mightn't have done it yet. But maybe later we can do do it.
0: Do you think there is actually a problem where sometimes, uh, you know, we actually uh, suggest that everybody is a winner? I mean, is there is there something that you know, even in sport? I mean, particularly at at lower levels, you know, where uh, we're all we're all um, we're all winners in this. Well. To me, I know that when I was playing playing sport, there was a, uh, I mean, only schoolboy material. But uh, you know, uh, there were times when I like to regard myself as you know as Dennis Lilly back in the days of. uh, uh, I remember Dennis. You remember. And you know, it was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, But uh, you know, certainly in sport, you know, I certainly lost as many matches I as I ever won. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. losing actually taught me. Something very valuable. Mm-hmm. It actually taught me how to lose, and that you know I wasn't always going to win.
1: Yeah, and that's a good lesson to learn, actually, because you know failures or mistakes equals learning. Yeah, and yeah. it equals a growth. Yeah, you yeah. know, but we need to we need to encourage our children. We need to give them praise for effort and things like that, strategies, progress, hard work and and persistence, give them that praise for that but not just for a talent or being smart or born gifted or fixed abilities and not when they make mistakes. Ah. We're not praising them for that Mm. but we are trying to help them. As I said, you know, they might say, I can't do it. Mm. Add the word yet Mm. onto it and I think that's a very, very powerful Powerful, word. powerful, little tool. Yeah. Helen,
0: look, let's, let's come to a, a little bit of music because I'm conscious our time is starting to get away from us. Let's, let's come to uh, this song, Someone is Praying for oh, You. Wow. There is a powerful message yes, in, uh, in this particular yes. song. Please enjoy. Uh, Jeremy Serico, um Someone is Playing for You.
2: Yes.
4: In the midst of the storm Is your shift Tossed and battered Are you weary and worn Don't lose hope Someone's praying for you This very day And peace be still Is already
0: For you, you know, when I was uh, when I was ordained, uh, I remember a group of pastors actually singing a singing a song. Uh, the song was uh, concerned uh, prayer. Uh, I need the prayers. Was the uh, hymn of uh, of those that uh, that love me, and uh, it, at, at that time I had actually never heard it before. But it was an incredibly powerful, and to this day it remains one of my favourite hymns of the the Christian Church. Uh, that particular song I think sends a wonderful message: someone is praying for you, someone is thinking about you. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for joining us here on uh, Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, Now, look, we do have a giveaway book for you. The giveaway book is the book Family First. We've already told you about this, and uh, uh, this is an absolutely fantastic book. You'll really appreciate it. And now, look, if you would like a copy, uh, 4888 80811 is our text number, and just text to us the the code SA26, no gap between the SA and the 26, and uh, our robot, he'll uh, contact you and get the details off you so we can get it to you in the fastest possible way. Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Helen Gray, and Helen's the lay pastor for the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church, uh, this week uh, we've been uh, following the theme: the Bible, religion, and Christian parenting. Uh, today we're asking: uh, How do I build resilience in children? How do I get my children to be able to bounce back? Uh, now, Helen, look, we're starting to run out of time once again. Just bring it all to get together. You know, do you have some hints for us? You know, how can I? I mean, you've done counselling; you've been trained as, as a counsellor. How can I make it so that my children will simply bounce back rather than being depressed by the issues that will face them in life.
1: Yeah, Um, Gary, look, it's really sad. When I looked at the statistics the other day of people facing depression, it's one in ten in Australia.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. that's high. That's, huge. that's high. That's huge.
1: Kids are out there they feel there's no purpose in life. They've lost track. They haven't got the boundaries and they say what's the point of life? Yeah. Suicide rates are yeah. high. Yeah. We don't want to see that. Let me just quickly run through this. The first step I believe in building res- resilience to challenges uh, is for them to experience challenges. You know, we want to wrap our kids up in cotton wool. Yeah. Don't let them get hurt like we were hurt yeah. You know and that actually that way They never learn the skills to cope with it Yeah. So we need to let go I, I read a Harvard researchers Were saying that let your children experience Challenges with the help of supportive Adults this positive stress Can be beneficial and Let them also experience disappointment mm. It's very hard though um, I remember one, one Lady um, Amy Miller she wrote She said I looked at my three year old's big sad Eyes wanted to take away the Sadness. But as difficult as it is to see my children hurting, I don't do them any favours trying to take away their pain. Mm -hmm. We learn as we grow that disappointments happen. We need to learn how to face disappointments head on. Learning to be resilient is a challenge, but it's a skill that can be learned. And it's a skill that takes courage, and it's the kind of courage I want my children to have. You know, I, I think... It's not, it means not rescuing them from sadness, but when we let them experience it, knowing that they have a support, yeah. you know, with them, yeah. eventually they learn that the disappointment passes and they learn sadness doesn't last forever. Mm. You know, it's a hard lesson to learn, yeah. but they do, you know, and. <coughs> You know, if you, if you think about the fears that children have, we need to help them to take baby steps to overcome these monsters. Mm. You know, and for some it is so real. I remember I never wanted to be in a closed room or have the light out. I was terrified, you know, and part of that was because I was allowed to watch some TV when it first came in and there weren't some very good. Yeah, yeah. It came to my mind the other night. I still remember one where a lady was shoved in the trunk of a car and the arm came out. I still remember that, Gary. Mm, And mm. and even today, if my arm comes out of the bedclothes, I've got to pull it back in. (laughs) That's how it affects. Okay, we need to help them to build something. We can say it's okay to be scared, but let's do a plan on how we're going to cope
2: mm. you know
1: share with them and, and I read this I thought this is good it said be a hummingbird parent mm-hmm. not a helicopter parent I hover I like nearby that. but not over my kids I remain distant enough to let them explore and learn how to solve problems I teach them skills mainly by example I zoom in only when their survival is threatened my goal is a resilient life I like that. Yeah, I thought that was, that was really worth, worth sharing. But I guess we're going to have to wrap up. So I've actually put together a little sheet here, just the headlines.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, number be
1: one. Wonderful. How to build resilience in children. A, let them experience challenges. Let them experience disappointment. Help them to learn to manage anxiety. Give them some coping skills for that. You know, it might be, I hear that it's really scary. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. If you tell a child that, immediately they start to think, oh, you know, that's that's not very good. If my, my parents are scared, then it must be really bad. Mm-hmm. No, no. We have to say something like, it's okay to be scared, but let's make a plan. Mm. on how we cope with it or what mm. we do about it. Mm. Let them take risks, experience consequences. That's mm-hmm. an important part of learning. Um, another one I've got here is teach grit and growth-based mindset. In other words, grit your teeth.
2: Mm-hmm. Both the
1: children and also the adults need to grit their teeth at times. Let them make decisions. Practice problem-solving with them.
0: Tell so allow, allow them to actually be able to take decisions.
1: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Take stories of people who persisted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'm thinking, was it the guy that invented the, the light globe? I think he failed 99 times or something. Yeah. In our books, he failed. But he said, I have not failed. He said, I have learnt 99 ways on how not to do it. <laughs> now, that's pretty good, I reckon. Yeah, a good yeah. one to remember. Reframe challenges as learning opportunities, and help them build what I call an internal locus of control.
0: It's almost a matter you know? that hey, you know, it's it's a mistake to actually bail children out yes. on every issue that they. I mean, for example, I mean, I can well remember when uh, when I was well, I was at school. If I, you know, if I got into trouble at, at school, the one thing I actually never did was told my parents when I got home. That was one thing I did not <laughs> do because I knew mm. that uh, in all probability uh, their response would be, uh, yes, you need to face up to what you've done mm. uh, and away you go and, yeah. you know, the pa- that the teachers have authority while at school mm. and, uh, do you know, I'm just – that this this really taught me so much about living life but look Helen you've got some some books here that you've really yes. appreciated just share with I, us on I these I do
1: want to share these are not freebies unfortunately <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I do want to recommend them the first one is written by Sally Honberger mm-hmm. that of course refers to the one that you were just advertising this is the
0: wife of the of, of the man who whose yes. book we're giving yes. away today absolutely
1: yep. and his name of course is Jim Honberger yep. and he's written several ones come to to the Quiet Excellent Book. It's about people, empowered living, escape to God. I love that one. But this one I've come across, and it's by his wife Sally. And she said, Yes, you can be the parent God designed you to be. But I, what got me was what she said on the back. What's the she title said, of the book again? This is called Parenting by the Spirit raising godly children in a godless world and she says she starts by saying Lord I blew it again I'm making a mess of raising my children when I really want to do what's right maybe someone else would do a better job of raising them I'm so depressed I am ready to give up and she said have you ever been there and it's interesting I I, I actually I love this book I really do no one's getting it it's my book (laughs) But this, the way she's put it, and from a, a woman's point of view, um, I love both Sally and um, yes, Sally and Jim's writing, and I recommend it. The other one I managed to get was a lady was having trouble with the teenagers, and I came across this book by Roger Dudley: Why Teenagers Reject Religion and What to Do About It. Mm. And that again is on on parenting. I actually believe that if we can teach our children um, godly principles by our actions and by our support, that generation gap won't be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, so powerful. Look, guys, let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for being the almighty God. Lord, thank you for creating us uh, as, your, as your sons, as your daughters, as heirs, as kings, ambassadors, as very special people. Oh Lord, thank you for giving us a status. Thank you that it means something, that uh, we're not, we didn't just uh, arrive on this earth, but we came because you created us. Oh Lord, thank you that you came to die for us, that, you, uh, that you're coming again for us, and that we don't just live once, but we uh, have the opportunity to live again. Yes. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd give us the the skills and the abilities to be able to work with our children, to be encouraging people, uh, that indeed our children might learn how to bounce back when they are knocked down. Lord, if there's anybody here who's struggling right now with some issue, I just pray that you'd be with them as well. Uh, Lord, lift them up, I pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: May I just quickly say, Gary, don't forget to write in or to send your text in for that book, that free book by Jim Homburger. I certainly would recommend it to everybody. And if you ever see these, Parenting by the Spirit by Sally, or the other one, Why Teenagers Reject Religion, you will never regret it.
0: Indeed. Thanks, Gary. Folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, myself and Helen Gray on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan spend the entire time looking at the question, boundaries. Are they needed? And what is reasonable anyway? Really look forward uh, to being with you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.